I'm Amy. And I'm Nathan. And this is Amy and Nathan Do a Podcast. A limited series podcast where we'll explain how you can meaningfully engage in local and state politics. On this week's episode, we're going to start discussing running for office. We're going to actually do a two-parter because there's a lot of information to go over. But the most important information first would be figuring out what office to run for and why you want to run for it, where to get your forms, how to file the forms to run for office, and just basically early stages of building your campaign and just getting the support up and running. And the clock is ticking, folks. Since December the 20th, uh, you've been able to pick up qualifying petitions for the offices that are on the ballot for the May 3rd election. And for example, those are things like the uh, county mayor, all 21 county commission seats, the assessor property. And that would be the May 3rd primary date. Correct. Here in Tennessee, it's for your primary filing. The deadline is coming up, Amy. Like it's just over a month that these petitions have to be turned back in for the folks who are running. So after February 17th at noon, we'll know everyone who's going to be on the ballot for the May 3rd election. And I guess a quick overview, since those are some important things that folks should know right now, is these things to keep in mind, these milestones you've got coming up, is February 2nd is actually the first day that Anyone who's eligible can request an absentee by mail ballot. And the last day you can do that is April 26th, in case you were curious. And a critically important thing is the last day to register to vote, to be able to vote in the May 3rd election is April the 4th. In the state of Tennessee, you have to be registered 30 days before an election to be able to vote in that particular election. So you asked a good question about, you know, why are you running? So folks who might be listening and they're thinking about wading into the political waters, what are some reasons you think folks could want to run? Well, obviously we have people that want to run for school board because they're concerned about the education of their kids. That's partisan now. And that's become partisan now. But what's being taught in schools, what are some school safety things? Because we also now have the added thing of the pandemic of year three now going on to the pandemic. And we also have, and we'll rant about this a little bit. I think this will be our, our rant is we have a big push to go to vouchers in this state. And we have a lot of people in the state who even with vouchers cannot afford to send their kids to the private schools. So what happens is the federal funding and the state funding for public schools get sucked out of already struggling schools that working class and poor folks, their families are stuck sending their kids there. So that's that's a topic for ranting about, but that's also something that school boards don't They decide how to allocate the funding, but you really shouldn't have pro-voucher people on a public school board. There's something very wrong about that. Something very, very wrong about having people who are elected onto a board to represent public schools and are pushing for the interest of privatization of schools. It always makes me question whose hand is in someone's pocket when they're doing something like that, when they when they try to get on school board. And there's a there's a key 
problematic person on the Knox County School Board right now who's doing that same crap, Betsy Henderson, who won in a special election out in District 6. She's absolutely terrible. She's pro-voucher. She's an old establishment Republican. Her family's wealthy. I'm sure that, that there's some kind of hand that will feed her because of her support for vouchers because no, no, no average person is going to support vouchers. Like you mentioned, Amy, and I don't want to derail this too much, but this is just such an irritating thing because the problem is my assumption would be, and I don't know, I haven't looked at data, but my assumption would be that 70% of Blount County residents couldn't even afford, with a voucher, couldn't even afford to send their children to private school, even if they wanted, even if any of the private schools were any good in Blount County for that matter. You know, vouchers would not be beneficial. People here don't make enough money. It's just upper middle class welfare. I mean, these are the kind of things that would benefit us, but it wouldn't benefit the majority of the folks in Blount County. Sorry, I didn't mean to go down a rabbit hole, but, you know, public yeah. education save is my most rant. important topic. Right. <laughs> supposed to save it for the rant, but that's that would be an issue for like running for school board is to make sure that the money for public education remains there because it's our money. It's our tax money. It's the public's money and it's supposed to and it's supposed to be allocated for a public service. And that goes on to running for county commission because again, it's a, a different type of step. So Nathan, what sort of things do county commissioners do? Break it down real quick. So, you know, county commissioners are going to be meeting, of course, they're the monthly meeting, you're going to serve on committees who have a couple of other obligations. And county commissioners you know, are approving the school board's budget. You mentioned something important earlier. They just up, down, vote, approve budgets. They're not out here line item changing things, which also reminds you of the power of the school board. But anyway, and county commissioners are, their biggest thing here in Blount County is approving their budget, which I think is, if I recall, and I haven't looked at it in a bit, but it's somewhere around half a billion dollars. So it would behoove people to choose better people to spend that amount of money in your tax dollars. Something else, you know, we've seen over and over is county commissioners are critical in zoning. One of the most important things they do or rather don't do. Yeah. Zoning for building. So Um, if your, your passion is making sure your, this community grows, has roads, infrastructure, education, all that but isn't overgrown, like houses built on top of each other or land use and that, that would be something to run for is county commission. Right. And, and I'm well, all about have a beer board market, too. But, but you can't just, you can't just cram houses into places with reckless abandon and no thoughts for the future. And we've been doing that for far too long. Yes. This so should that be, be a bipartisan issue, but for some reason it isn't. So there's some examples of figuring out where your passions are, what you're interested in, and which local office to run for. Now, if you're passionate with legislating, with laws, with making state laws, obviously you'd run for either the state house or the state senate. And something I'd like to mention, Amy, is like, you know, you said, why are you running? And, you know, in our head, we'd like to assume everyone has these lofty ideals for running. But let's be clear, like, it's okay if you just have an axe to grind and you want to run for office. I mean, you need to make that very clear. And if you're just a one issue candidate, that's fine. You, but you need to let people know that. 
that. If you're running because your neighbor's tree fell in your yard and you can't get anyone to help you about it, and that's the only reason you're running, that's fine. But you have to let folks know that you're not going to put any more effort into learning about the job or uh, what you can and can't do. But yeah, if you've got an axe to grind, sure, run, pull a petition. Okay. And I guess anything higher than the local level, like I said, the state legislature, state level, obviously state level and above would be more, I mean, yeah, if you have an axe to grind with like some law or whatever, you want to change the law because Tim Burchett made his whole career based off of that. Go ahead and do that. But, mm, but also um, maybe not. <laughs> Depending on depending on where you're coming from. That's the only thing I'll disagree with you on the axe to grind, Nathan, because that's Tim Burchett's whole career was because of that. He ran for the House of Representatives in not in Tennessee because he didn't like the Tennessee environmental law slapping his business with a fine for putting fresh cow manure in his stuff. It was then years later rescinded because he got elected and he changed the law. So it and got then he's wiped been off living the off the public ever since. Yes. So be careful on the running out of spite thing, because that person just might win. Well, and and they very well might. And they might actually be good, you know. I mean, because people with the best intentions could also be terrible legislators. So I'm agreeing with you, actually. It's both. But going back to figuring out why you're running for office and what to run for, again, if you're more interested in changing laws, then you would run for the state level legislature or the federal level federal level legislature. Ultimately, when you're trying to figure if you're like, I want to run, what I want to run for, then think about issues, governmental issues, political issues. Think about the ones that one, when you're like, there are victories and you cheer them. And then think about the things that piss you off. And then draw a line back to who's responsible for those. And if you draw all these lines back to your like, I'm tired of the awful stop sign down here and the potholes and, you know, the school system, this or that, blah, 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 blah. It may end up you're like, wait a minute, all the lines I drew were to county commission. In your head, you might think that it's state, but when you actually set and diagram this out, if it, as it were, you might actually realize that, wait a minute, my passions lie on the county level. And, you know, Amy, you know me well enough to know that, I mean, realistically, I probably know more about federal politics than 99.9% of people. But my passion actually is local. and Well, my passion is state politics, because that's where my particular issues fall in. But even local, I'm like, you'll end up getting to know a lot about different things. But that was an aside. But I think it's important to draw those lines back back from the things that you find important negatively or positively back to the people who made them happen. And then that's where you should run. And also with figuring out what to run for, you need to examine what you have time for in your life. Because like Correct. school board is the least time consuming. County commission would be next level. And you can also run for the city councils yeah. and commissions too. Councils and commissions would be the least amount of time. In Tennessee, it's a part-time legislature, but the legislative session usually runs from sometime at the beginning of January to the end of April. And the governor can call a special session. So it's part-time, but you have to be in Nashville back and forth throughout three to four months. And you have to have, if you're working full-time, you better be working someplace where they're incredibly forgiving about you ja- jaunting off to Nashville all the time. That's a part-time gig for rich people generally. Yeah. Or That's retired right. people. Yeah. Retired people, attorneys, lawyer, I mean, 
attorneys are lawyers. Sorry, attorneys, doctors, especially retirees. That's why if you look at the makeup of the Tennessee General Assembly, it's all people who work for themselves in some capacity or are retired because, yeah, like you said, who else can go off for four months and live in a hotel, you know, Sunday night through Thursday morning that they have to be in Nashville for the legislative session Monday to Thursday and then drive back to district. That would be expensive for anyone else. Yeah. And they make, you know, they make what approximately $23,000 a year and they get approximately $23,000 a year. And they gave themselves a raise. So it's up to about 25 now, 25 or 26. They're taking home with all of their stuff about 60 grand a year after all the different monies that they get to help assist, you know, office expenses, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But if you're living in a hotel four days a week for four months, you know, that would add up, especially downtown to be close. So long story short, yeah, you got to have a forgiving boss or plenty of money in the bank to make it happen. And speaking of money in the bank, we'll, we'll, we're going to talk about, I was going to plan on talking about this later, but maybe now's the good time to talk about it is estimating basic campaign funds for the different levels. That's where I'm going to kind of really go to, to get it out. Yeah, get it out right now because for anyone listening, I'm chair of the Blank County Democratic Party. We do run for office sessions that have been for like the last six, eight months, oh, twice a month. And I would say that nine times out of 10, the first question someone asks is, how much is this going to cost? I'm like, well, that is a multi-pronged answer. And the first thing I'm going to say before that is... How seriously do you plan to run? Do you plan to be a name on the ballot or do you want to run a full-scale campaign? And two, you must understand that running a campaign is about building partnerships and constituencies with the people you're wanting to represent. So just because you have the money in your bank account to fund it yourself doesn't mean you should. Getting people to donate into your campaign is the mark of a successful campaign, actually. Self-funding is not is not particularly representative of wins, believe it or not. And so how much does it cost? Well, if you're really curious, I've got some estimates, but you can go and look up because financial disclosures are public information. So in 2020, when we had the city council race here in Maryville, I believe Sarah, who was elected, raised uh, close to $12,000. Typically, I would tell someone running for a city council, city commission, city alderman race that you could get by running a really good campaign for about $2,500. You could actually do it for less than a thousand. So you would file under the, you would fall under the exemption and you wouldn't have to file financial disclosures. That will all make sense when you get the forms and you can circle up and email us to ask questions on that. But those are some interesting numbers anywhere from, you said 2,500 to what council? 12,000. Yeah, 12,000 per council or commission. And that's this is this is targeted information to Blunt County. County, yeah. Like if you were running in Knox County, that number I would say would be bump it up. Oh, gosh, a lot, you know. Yeah, yeah, significantly. It might be fifty thousand dollars, you know. Well, because Knoxville just had a city council election. They had five seats on the ballots mm-hmm. up for election, yeah. and far out outside of Knox County, some far right groups pumped a. Butt ton of money into it 
and all their candidates lost. All the Democrats got reelected. So yeah, because those people were ridiculous. Well, they we were ridiculous. Kind of here. But there's there's that too. But they were also Knoxville City is more Democratic leaning than Knox County. It and they well, didn't well, it went to Biden. It went to, so it's it's. I wouldn't call it a democratic stronghold, but it's definitely, or I shouldn't say democratic majority. It's definitely strongly democratic, but not super strong. It's still less than 60%. When it, it moved a little left after the last election, and I foresee that, well, we've got to see how the gerrymandering pans out with the maps, but I, I see that it, it will be fairly comfortable, but you know, there's still, as the song goes, money changes everything. So, uh, if you're yeah. running against somebody with enough money, it can make it difficult. For other races, if you were running for county commission here in Blount County, you're probably going to want to raise a, you know, you could do the thousand or less thing, but realistically, if you want to mount a good campaign, you're going to have to, I would say three to $5,000, really. You're going to need more signs. You're going to have to spend more on all of the tools that are available to get in front of voters. Someone who's running for county mayor, oh God probably $25,000 to run a decent campaign. And that still wouldn't be massive. You could spend up, you could run that up to $100,000 easily. Has it traditionally done that in Blount County? No, but but things are changing, I'm afraid. And some of the other races, you know, you could you can reach out, you can look up, but you're looking at if you want to run a state house or state senate race, at the bare minimum you need 25 grand to run a campaign that looks professional. And then, you know, the federal races all of those are a quarter of a million dollars plus. I mean, you can do it for less, but to get the kind of, because it's federal, to get the airtime, you're going to have to spend a ton more money. So a quarter of a million dollars is really what you're looking at. I think I hit all of them there. Some things like property assessor and whatnot, and you could small. do those for an exemption. I'd do less. If, I were, if you were thinking about running that for that, I would say file an exemption, make sure to spend less than $1,000, spend all your money on signs and leave it at that. So going out to that with signs and, and that stuff, two things. We mentioned at the, the top of the, the episode, the filing dates. Where do you get the forms? And then we're going to repeat the, the filing dates here for this election coming up. I should note we're recording this on January 7th. So to find your forms, uh, one of the best places to go, and if you're here in Blank County, <clears throat> excuse me, in Blunt County, then you will go to the courthouse. I think it's 383 Court Street, if I'm not mistaken, but you go to the bottom floor down to the election the commission's office, or you can go online. It's www.blountn.org forward slash 447 forward slash election dash commission. If you go on there, as soon as you get there, you will see a menu on your left. And if you hover over it, it will bring up a drop down menu and you will see something that says candidate qualifications, filing deadlines, reporting forms, financial disclosures. You can also print all of these things at home that they will give you at the election commission. However, you will have to go into the election commission to get the nominating petitions, which will be stamped officially. So I always suggest for people to go actually into the election commission's office and it makes for a cool photo op and you get to meet the people that you're going to be asking questions of and working alongside of from the election commission. So, you know, Mask yourself up and go into the election commission office. They're super nice, everyone who works there. 
So that's good to know. And let's go back. Let's go over those uh, deadlines again real quick. So the big deadlines we've got coming up. If you're thinking about running, the due date for your nominating or your or your candidate qualifying petition is February 17th at noon. If you want to run, I would decide very quickly and then almost immediately I would work to get that filled out and turned back in because they will go back through all of the names and signatures on your qualifying petition to make sure that they're registered and eligible voters and that they're in your district, whatever it happens to be, et cetera, and that you got the number you needed. So I always tell people, they give you way too many sheets, get them all filled out because invariably people will have moved or there will be something about their voter information that's not correct. So just get them all filled out. But that's the big deadline you got coming up. February 17th at noon, your qualifying candidate petitions are do. There is a workaround if you miss that, but we're not going to talk about that until you miss it. And that would be that would be to a qualified write-in, but it's much better to get your name on the ballot for sure, 100%. And while we're talking about February, February 2nd is the first day to request an absentee by mail ballot. Just keep that in mind. That's coming up in a little less than a month. And always remember that you have to be registered to vote within 30 days of an election that you want to participate in. And, you know, early voting is going to be April 13th through 28th. And that's not that far away. So you get your petition and you're running for your races and pretty much they're all partisan races now. So what are some ways that your local party can help you if you've never run for office before? If you are thinking about running and you're thinking about running as a Democrat, I need to talk to you before you turn your petition back in. You need to reach out to your county party. To be clear, one of the things we can do is pull people off a ballot if they, if some, if like, some hack went and pulled a petition to run as a Democrat, maybe just to uh, throw shade toward the greater party. You know, we could pull them. I Well, not just we, I could pull them off the ballot as party chair. So make sure to reach out to the county party so that we can walk you through some of the steps so we can reduce your learning curve. I've run for office twice myself, lost twice. So, you know, I can give you some advice on how that goes. But we have a number of candidates who've run and we have a number of candidates who won now. We have a really good way of getting uh, women elected locally, but we can't get guys elected. So yeah, reaching out to the party because we can talk to you about varying resources that are available to you through the party, how you can tap into our network of volunteers, how we can introduce you to the donor pool. Reaching out to the party, or at least the Democratic Party, if you're running as such, would be a really good idea. If you're running as an independent, and especially if you're running as a Republican, you know, the Blaine County Democratic Party can't help you. And the Republican Party would say the same thing. Our resources are only available for people who run identified as that particular party. So if you want to run as an independent, I completely respect that. But you're not going to be able to get any of the resources of the party in doing so. And as chair of the party, I can't. I couldn't publicly support you either because it, 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 well, you were running same, not well, the as same a thing. Democrat. It's the same same thing for the local Republican Party as well. Right. 
They're not going to support apply. someone who's not running, not running to push their values, right? So th- that was my my follow up question: Is does the Democrat local Democratic Party help provide any campaign tools? Yes, absolutely. So some of the biggest tools that we have available to candidates are our vote builder program. So it's a database that we get access to from Tennessee Democratic Party. That way you're not just going out trying to talk to every voter. You're going to go and talk to voters who are likely to actually vote for you or people who actually turn out and vote or people who are registered. So the tools we have are a lot of our data-driven campaign tools. So, you know, vote builder, text banking programs, phone banking, And again, as I'd mentioned, you know, access to volunteers, that's made a whole lot easier when you come to the party and let everyone know who you are, let them know that you're serious. Then you can get people vouching for you to uh, get other folks interested. So really, I, you know, people are always like, oh, Democrats can't get elected around here. Well, we can, although my complaint is always we're not elected in the, in the proportions of which we are represented in the voting totals, right? Something like 35% of people vote democratically, but we hold something like 4% of elected offices. So there's a problem with gerrymandering. But all that aside, yes, you can get elected, but you're going to have to put in the work. So the party's here to cut out all of your learning curves. So I need to find a segue into the rant. I need people to fucking run. (laughs) That's what I need. I need I need a little less bitching and a couple of more names on the ballot. And on that colorful note, it's rant time. Nathan's favorite time is rant time. A quick word before we go into the rant. All links mentioned in the first part of the episode will be in the show notes or the show description, as well as links to other useful information like checking your voter registration and finding the campaign finance reports. You go first. I think we mentioned about school board stuff and the vouchers and the problematic Knox County school board member. And I was going to rant about the education system in Tennessee and BEP formula, and it's really, really confusing. But the the crux of it, going back to that pro-voucher school board member or pro-voucher school board members, is you don't put people in charge of the government who think the government is the problem and shouldn't be fixing anybody else's stuff. It's kind of like taking your car to a mechanic who says, you know what, I'm not going to fix it because your car is going to break anyway, so let me just break it further and speed the process along. Because that seems to be what happens, or has happened, especially in Tennessee, is we have the majority of people have elected people into the government who don't believe in the good of the government, and so they are destroying it from within at every level of government. Yeah, and the problem starts with needing more people to run and get on the ballot. Forever and ever, people will complain about not having someone to vote for. I don't want to pull a Democratic primary ballot because there isn't that 
there isn't anyone in my district or there aren't that many people to vote for. Well, you know what? Pull on yourself and run. I mean, it's just, it's it's exhausting when really qualified people, especially, don't want to run in competitive districts. It's a different, you know, it's, I still think there should be someone on, on every race. But to be clear, there are some areas where it, it's an uphill battle both ways in the snow. But my big rant is, you know, that's how we get these people into office who are trying to dismantle the public education system in the state of Tennessee for what? I Somehow I'm assuming they figure there's some way to profit all of it. I can't yes. figure any other reason for them to support private education. Well, or that, or if they've got wildly... Um, wildly unstandardized views and they want them indoctrinated in a school system, I suppose. But all that's to say is these people get an office because far too many people want, you know, want to sit in their armchair and yell at the TV and it may make you feel warm and fuzzy and signing on to Facebook or Twitter may make you feel good yelling at people now, that's not changing anything in your community or in your state or federally. It's and it the outrage addiction. Out. The oh, outrage yeah. addiction. People are addicted to it, addicted to yelling into the abyss. And it helps no one, and especially themselves. If it's you fine talk to talk about you know voting what? against their interests. <laughs> yeah. It's fine to, to rant and rave online and vent. It's fine to vent, but then walk out your damn door and do something. And then keep Take walking some kind and then of get action. Your car and then drive to the election commission and then pull a petition and then get people to sign it. That's what you can do when you walk out your door. Thank you. Yeah, that that too. Or if you're not, or if you know you're definitely not the kind of person that can handle being in public office, you find out if there's people running in your area and you volunteer for the campaign. Or give you them money or them. both. You spread the word. Or give them money. Oh, that's actually... Yes, donate di donate directly to the individual campaigns because that way they see the money. Yes, directly to them. Don't I tend to discourage folks from donating to national or even state level organizations. If you like a candidate, go to their website or Facebook page or whatever, you know, it depends on the level they're running for and send them a message or an email or call them be like, "Hey, I like what you're doing. I'd like to send you 20 bucks." And then think about sending them 20 bucks a month for the course of the campaign so they can build a budget. Or if you really like like them be like, hey, I want to send you 20 bucks a month. And I would like to volunteer and make phone calls and knock on some doors in a safe way, you know, once it's not 19 degrees outside. And a pandemic. There's still but, safe ways to go canvas. Yeah. They're still even safe, in a yeah. pandemic. And and those are some of the things. And that's something that we didn't do so much of in 2020 that we have to do this time. Absolutely. Conversations. That is I'm going to push candidates to do is that you have to get out. You can't run social media driven campaigns. You can do a pretty dang good job, but you've got to have canvassers out at least leaving door hangers on doors, meeting people in parks. You've got to go try and the candidate themselves needs to mask up and be knocking doors. And I may get yelled at later for saying that, but they absolutely do. There's no way around it. People need to know who you are. So if 
So basically, if you're sick of why are all these idiots getting elected, get out there and hustle to make sure either you're elected or somebody who isn't an idiot is elected. Yeah, if you're just sitting at home complaining, you're not doing enough. You're just not doing enough. If you want a better world, if you want better government at all levels, you got to get off of your ass and do something to make that happen. Right. That's it.